Hello and welcome back to the Long Relief Podcast. I'm Austin Nakuda, and as always, I'm joined by Barrett Hodgson as we get ready to take a look at the trade deadline and what teams might be doing going division by division, season two, episode one. Barrett, it's been a little bit since we've recorded an episode, but the trade deadline is just days away. Yeah, and with the deadline right around the corner, I think it's it's a great time to get season two going and break down who we think the buyers and sellers in the league are and uh, talk about some possible fits. So let's just start right off with the American League East. Obviously, both of us grew up in uh, the Boston area, so a little bit of uh, Sox fans. I know you're a big Sox guy. They're my second favorite team after the Phillies, but let's start with the first place team in the New York Yankees at 69 and 34 at the time of recording. New York's already made a splash by bringing in Andrew Benintendi in exchange for three pitching prospects, but can we expect more moves from the Yankees? Yeah, I think we're definitely going to see the Yankees try to get another arm in that starting rotation. Uh, the rotation has been pretty good, but it's always great to go into the postseason as much pitching as possible. So I definitely think they could add a starting pitcher. I definitely think they're going to go get a bullpen guy. Um, I don't know how much you'll see in terms of movement in terms of the lineup. I think they could move on from Joey Gallo, but I don't think they would be bringing back an offensive player. Uh, I think Gallo's the odd man out with Ben and Tandy fitting in. And Gallo really hasn't been that good this year. So I think those are the possible moves for the Yankees. Yeah, I would agree with that. I see them maybe moving Gallo to bring in a pitcher, um, possibly in a swap with the Texas Rangers, sending Gallo back to where he was actually good at baseball, bring in a Martin Perez. Or you could look at a couple other teams who are going to sell starters. But we'll get into those teams a little bit more. But this deadline, more than others, Barrett, there's not as many teams selling starting pitching. So teams like the Yankees are going to have to give up a decent haul in order to get a starter. Yeah, and it depends what level starter they're looking for. Like you said, a Martin Perez on a one-year deal, kind of having the best season of his career. Obviously, the Rangers can sell high, but are they going to get that much for him? I don't really know. It's, it's an interesting market this year. We saw a starting pitching trade that we'll get to in a little bit with Luis Castillo, and the Reds got back a haul. So the Yankees might have to give up a lot if they want to get a quality starter. And so the Yankees will certainly be buyers, as will the next team that we're going to talk about here in the American League East, the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that a little bit underwhelming to start the year. They've started to pick it up as of late, but they're another team who we can certainly expect to be buyers. But there's honestly on paper not as much room for improvement as some of the other teams. Yeah, I agree. I do think their bullpen needs a lot of help, but I don't think they'll be adding any bats to that offense. Uh, their rotation's pretty solid, um, but I definitely think that the Toronto Blue Jays deadline is going to be based strictly around the bullpen. I think they could bring in possibly two to three arms, and that's been the weakest point of their team besides Jordan Romano. So some setup guys, middle relief guys could really help the Blue Jays in the postseason. Yeah, there's certainly uh, still a pretty good odds to make the postseason, maybe grab one of those wild card spots as the Yankees have kind of run away with the division a bit but the Blue Jays also have a deeper minor leagues even though they made a couple of trades the Jose Barrios one took away a couple top prospects but they certainly have guys they can move to get those bullpen arms and I think the next team is in a similar situation but they're probably less of buyers than the Blue Jays because the Tampa Bay Rays are not a team we usually see spend big at the deadline last year they acquired Nelson Cruz for Joe Ryan and that one didn't exactly play out as well as they'd hope because Joe Ryan was the twins opening day starter 
So what can we expect from Tampa Bay? Not that we can ever really pinpoint what to expect because they're pretty unpredictable. Yeah, I think with the Rays, we're going to see a lot of standing pat, uh, small deals. I don't know if they'll get a guy as good as Nelson Cruz. Uh, you could even see a Nelson Cruz reunion. Obviously, he's a year older, but like a small trade like that is what I think the Rays will do. Um, Shane Boz is on the I.L. Wander Franco is on the I.L. They're going to get these guys back, and they're going to be a pretty solid baseball team no matter what. So I think in terms of the Rays, they're definitely going to be more so buyers, but don't expect them to make a crazy move. They might go trade for a guy you've never heard of, and he turns out being the best reliever in the postseason. That's just kind of how the Rays work. Yeah, and I think they're going to treat it a little bit as, well, we don't have to necessarily add multiple players because our deadline is going to be Wander Franco and Shane Boz coming back from the IL, like you mentioned. So I know a lot of teams will have that strategy, like we're getting two guys back, so we don't have to do as much. But they're another team who a lot of teams like to pluck pitchers from their minor league system uh, in trade. So they certainly have some prospects they could give up to get a couple bullpen pieces, or maybe they look for an expiring deal for another bat to that lineup because there are a couple holes. Yeah, I completely agree. And you might see a bat that nobody's really heard of, but it's the Rays. They like playing the righty-lefty game. They could get – last year we saw him go get uh, Jordan Luplo too, and he had a couple big moments in the postseason. So someone like that they could go trade for, and he slides right into the lineup, and he might have a big moment in the postseason. So the Rays certainly going to try to contend, get in the playoffs again, as is the next team in the AL East, the surprisingly contending Baltimore Orioles, who have come out of nowhere in recent weeks, Barrett, to storm ahead of the Boston Red Sox at times in the division. And the Rays are a team who, or the Orioles rather, are a team who might sell a little bit at the deadline as expected, but for them to even be on a conversation of possibly buying is incredible. Yeah, it is amazing the season that the Orioles are having. And I don't think we're going to see them sell any of their young players that they're building around. Uh, and they have a really good minor league system that's just going to help the major league club get better and better. I think the biggest thing we could see is possibly a Trey Mancini trade. Uh, he doesn't really fit the timeline. But if they want to contend, and I don't know if they can contend for a World Series, but maybe they make it interesting for a playoff spot, I think it would be really hard to part ways with a guy who's kind of the heart and soul of your team. So there are pieces that, make sense to move also don't make sense to move if you know what I mean so it's kind of a tough spot for the Orioles yeah it's almost like they kind of have to sell because they they very well know that if they get into the playoffs they're probably a first round exit but at the same time they're in a situation where you trade Trey Mancini you lose some fans probably make some people upset and your clubhouse probably takes a turn for the worst and you very easily could slip and fall into that five spot in the AL least and have one of the worst second half. So it's kind of an interesting trade-off. But I don't know if you've caught wind of it. Their bullpen is underratedly good all season long. So could we see a couple of those arms plucked from the Orioles' bullpen to be moved to I, another contending team? I think we could see guys like that go. I don't know if Jorge Lopez is a name who will get moved. He's been amazing all season. Um, if they do trade him, they'll get a nice return for him. But maybe a guy like... Dylan Tate, who's been pretty steady all season, could be somebody who's on the move for a decent package. So we'll see what the Orioles do, and certainly there are going to be a lot of eyes on Baltimore, but this next team may have the biggest trade deadline coming up and in terms of their long-term success and what they're going to do for the rest of the season. 
a lot of people want the socks to sell, but Barrett, there are some who want the socks to buy. Where are you at? Oh, this is so tough. Right now, I would say so. Um, unless you think you can sign these guys to extensions, but I don't think ownership wants to sign Xander Bogarts to a long-term deal. I don't think they want to re-sign Mavaldi to a long-term deal. It sounds like JD's already gone. So I think the Red Sox should be sellers. Obviously, you hang on to Devers. You try to work out a contract extension. But you could see Christian Vasquez getting moved. You could see, obviously, Avoldi, Bogarts. Other than that, I don't really know if any of these pieces are, like, players that other teams want. Like, is a team going to want to trade for a Bobby Dahlbeck? I don't really know. But I definitely think the Red Sox should really look into selling and take advantage of these expiring deals and just don't let them walk for nothing. And I would agree. I think that's their best course of action because if you're the Red Sox, you try to buy already and you try to drain an already thin farm system, although it's improved. Okay. Heim Bloom has made some moves to improve it, but the guys that you kind of think of as your top prospects, Jaron Duran um, hasn't really performed well at the major league level. So there's a couple of those guys, you know, Josh, when, uh, Winkowski, the guy from the Royals, he got back with Franchi, and Franchi's been a mess at first base. So if you do try to contend and buy, I think it drains a system that is already weak, and you're going to lose Evaldi. You're going to lose Martinez anyway, so might as well trade them now when the market's hot, and I think you can get a really good haul for a 4 and 8 Evaldi. Yeah, I agree. I think Evaldi's probably one of the best names on the starting pitching market. So you should seriously look into not only improving that farm system, but maybe getting a guy who's a major league player who's under control for next season. I think this team just needs guys who you know are going to be around. Like, they're a mess right now. They have Jalen Davis playing, Yolmer Sanchez. I mean, Jackie Bradley's a household name, but he's been horrible. Like you said, Franchi's been a mess. Vasquez is playing first base. Like, just everything's a mess. It's unorganized. It feels like if they were to buy at the deadline, it would feel forced. Yeah, and one of the trades I saw tossed out there was Vasquez and J.D. Martinez to the Mets in exchange for Dom Smith and a couple low-level prospects. Uh, Any interest in good old Dom Smith? No. Yeah, he's he's bad. I mean, mean, he's been been bad all season. He's had a couple good years in his career, but – I don't think if you're going to sell two guys who I think have value, I think teams who are contending would want a Christian Vasquez and a J.D. Martinez. I don't think the guy you'd want back in return is a 200 hitter. Yeah, that's, that's well, you got Franchi back in exchange for Benintendi, so you never know with Heim Bloom. Yeah, you, I mean, maybe he likes the analytics. Yeah, it could be it, but the Sox certainly are going to have all the eyes around the baseball world around them the next couple of days, as is the next team that we preview as we move over to the American League Central. The Minnesota Twins, Barrett, have become one of the most interesting teams to watch this deadline. They have contended, right? We talked about it a little bit in the preseason. They're kind of a mystery. They went and got Correa, but on paper, it seemed like they were just too far away from contending that the Correa move wouldn't make a difference, but it certainly has. They're in first place in the American League Central, sitting at 53 and 48. So the question, how aggressive Will the Twins be? I think the Twins should be aggressive because I think they have a lineup 
who can get guys on base and driving runs in the playoffs. They need help in their rotation if they want to make any noise. That division's a tight race. The Guardians are only one game back. The White Sox are two games back. They need to get some arms in terms of starters and relievers because that's the weak point of their roster. Yeah, so we'll see what they do. I mean, they have, they've garnered a pretty good farm system, too, if you think about it. Royce Lewis hasn't come up yet. They got Austin Martin back in that deal for Jose Barrios. And it's impressive that they're even in this position. They traded Barrios. They traded uh, Rogers, the closer, and yet they're still in first place. Yeah, it is honestly amazing. And it'd be interesting to see what this team would look like with Rogers because right now, Emilio Pagan leads them in saves with just nine. And Rogers has been so great for the Padres all season. So I think you could see them be a team that goes on and is super aggressive, maybe after a David Bednar or a David Robertson, who have had really good seasons thus far and could really help the back end of this Minnesota bullpen. So Minnesota, certainly going to make a couple moves. How aggressive they'll be will be, I guess, determined by the next couple of days. But a team who has certainly underwhelmed while the Twins may be overperforming would be the next team. The Chicago White Sox are 51 in 50 with the roster they have on paper the expectations were sky high i mean i single-handedly blame this on tony la Russa for putting together a horrible like dugout the culture's bad there doesn't seem what the players want to be there so what do you do if you're the chicago white Sox? if i was the white Sox front office i would buy and that's strictly because i'm two games out of first the twins have a bad bullpen not a great rotation i think it's possible for the White Sox to catch them in the division. Now, the thing is, you hit the nail on the head. The issue is Tony LaRusso. The clubhouse is horrible. I mean, you look at the roster. Where do you? What area do you even buy in? You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to pick out a right. spot where they need somebody. But I do think it would make sense for this team to buy because they have so much talent and they're right in it. Yeah, I mean, they have a good mix, too, of young prospects plus veterans. You have your Jose Abreu's. Luis Robert in center. I mean, Jimenez is back and healthy. How long he'll stay healthy, we don't know. But there is plenty of room for improvement. I mean, maybe add a back end of the rotation guy, another bullpen piece because Garrett Crochet's been hurt, Joe Kelly's been bad, and maybe another bat. I mean, the White Sox aren't that far out. And the thing is, is the Twins could falter, and you have plenty of divisional games left against the Tigers and the Royals, two bad teams in that division. Yeah, and just looking at some of their stats right now, they they don't have anyone with more than 12 home runs. That's a need so, in the power bet. So maybe a power guy with maybe a decent average, but Jose Abreu and Luis Robert have 12 home runs each. And after that, not a whole, not a whole lot of power in this lineup. No. Nope. <laughs> so, so maybe that's an area you could go after. Obviously uh, Jimenez has been hurt and he's, a guy who's usually good for some good power numbers, but I think a power back could be the move. And I think that a guy like Gavin Sheets could certainly be traded because they're not afraid to deal a prospect and Sheets is kind of a fringe. You don't really know what you're going to get out of him a little bit older. So I could certainly see Gavin Sheets have his name be brought up and moved if the right bat or even the right arm is there. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. Maybe even a guy like Jake Berger as well falls kind of into that category. I know Berger's played a lot in Mankata. They split time, but a guy like Berger, a guy like Sheets could definitely garner some interest. The White Sox certainly 
a team to watch, especially in their managerial position, as we mentioned. But another team uh, right above the White Sox, a second-place team just by a game, the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, somehow, some way, without spending a, basically a dollar in free agency this summer or this uh, this offseason, are still in contention and are three games above 500. Yeah, and honestly, I think they're going to stand pat. I don't think they're going to do that much. I think you could see a small move, but it could be a similar deadline to like the Rays as the Guardians are in a decent spot right now. Like you said, they're only one game back, yep. but they're just getting contributions from guys all over the field. I mean, Ahmed Rosario is having a career year. Andres Jimenez is having a career year. Stephen Kwan's having a good season. Miles Straw's having a good season. I mean, all these guys, they're not big names, but they just get on base, they get hits, and they run the base as well. Yeah, so the Guardians, I just, I agree. Not really much to break down there. I could see them surprisingly move Zach Plesak. He has a couple years of control left, but I think they feel he's hit his ceiling. Uh, somebody to watch because the Guardians are a team. If the market is as hot as it's rumored to be for starting pitching, they might not be afraid to capitalize, move a guy like Plesak or even Savale to bring in some top prospects. Yeah, that is a move that I can definitely see happening as well because they have their guy and Bieber already as their ace. And I think Plesak probably has plateaued. Savali's been horrendous this year. Uh, yeah. Quantrill's, been de- Quantrill's another one that I could even see getting moved. But I don't know. I think I honestly think they're a stand pat team. If anything, I think they sell more so yeah. just because that's how that organization is ran. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they do anything at all. Yeah, I, I think that's all you can really talk about with the Guardians. They haven't done much. They don't think they'll do much. So we'll see how that situation plays out. Uh, a team who has underwhelmed my standards. I thought they were going to be good this year. Don't know why, looking back on it. The Detroit Tigers are one of the worst teams in the entire baseball league. Uh, they're bad at everything. Can't pitch. Can't hit. <laughs> can't really field well. So and they also have, like, nothing to sell. You can sell Michael Fulmer. You know, that's probably the best, but what are you going to get from Mike Fulmer? I mean, a mid-level prospect, probably. Yeah. A I mean, six-year-old in double A. I agree. When you look at this team, there's really no names that are like, oh, we got to go get them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think they're definitely sellers because they're horrible. Yeah. But what I don't really know. I mean, I did see Scooble's name in rumors, but the, I feel like that'd be stupid. He's your best pitcher, and you already had your other ace and Casey Mize is down for the year. You're going to trade one of your two guys while the other one's already hurt? I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, it just goes against what you're trying to do. You want to try to – this team is not going to contend now. They're way too young. The The pieces they hoped would work out, like Austin Meadows and Baez, weren't enough to carry the, uh, an abysmal offense, and the rotation fell apart. Mize goes down with Tommy John. Scoble's been good, all things considered. Erod, is he even pitching? Do we know? No, he's on like a leave of absence right now because he's been so bad. Okay, that's great. So Erod's terrible. Uh, so yeah, no, what, what can you do at this point if you're the Detroit Tigers? But move Fulmer, get a prospect, and uh, just punt on the season. And another team right behind him that's also basically just going to have to punt on the season would be the Kansas City Royals. Not much to sell. Uh, last time I checked, Whit Merrifield wasn't playing too well, but maybe he's a name that gets moved. Uh, yeah, I think Merrifield could be a name. He's been 240. Obviously, those are low numbers for Merrifield. But I actually do think they have a couple names in terms of, like you said, Merrifield. But 
I think you could see a Michael A. Taylor get moved. I think you could see a maybe a Nicky Lopez or a Hunter Dozier get moved. I think they have more than the Tigers to sell. I don't think they have a lot more, but I do think they have some pieces that teams would be interested in. Yeah, one of those teams where there's a few things you could see happen. They've already moved on from Ben Benintendi, so we'll see what else Kansas City draws up. But I'd say their future is pretty bright with Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino has been okay. He had some good power numbers, solid plate discipline. So we'll monitor that Royal situation as well. Again, this is the Long Relief Podcast going through all of the predicted moves, buyers, sellers, who's staying put for the upcoming MLB trade deadline. And Barrett, as we move to the American League West, couple big names in this uh, division. Uh, at the top, the Houston Astros, the Seattle Mariners. Let's start first with the Astros, who are 12 games ahead of the Seattle Mariners for first place in that division. The Astros, people have connected them to Josh Bell. They need some help at first. Maybe uh, replace Yuli Gurriel, who's been pretty bad. And they could also be willing to part ways with a couple of their younger pitchers to make it happen. Yeah, I think Josh Bell, I mean, adding him to this lineup would be scary. You have Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jeremy Pena. Michael Brantley's hurt right now, and he comes back. If you put a Josh Bell in there, I mean, that's a deep lineup that nobody's going to want to see in the playoffs. And like you said, maybe they part ways with some young arms. I'm not really sure who that name would be that the Nationals would want back in return. But Verlander's been a stud. Framber Valdez has been really good. Luis Garcia's been good. So... I mean, this team's strong, and I think they know they can win the whole thing. So they're going to go get a big name. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to be very active in the next 72 hours. Or Now we're down to, what, 48 hours. We're getting really close to it. So the Astros, probably a big name coming. They have some prospects to give up to make it happen. And the next team, the Seattle Mariners, have already made it happen by going out and getting Luis Castillo, the Cincinnati Reds ace, who was an all-star this season, two-time all-star now. And a guy who's hovered around either a low threes. He had one season where his ERA ballooned up just over four. But generally, a really reliable pitcher. And the Seattle Mariners go out, give up four prospects, and bring him in. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good move in terms of the future. Because I think he can grow with this team. I don't know if it's a great move for right now in terms of the postseason because this team doesn't have a lot of playoff experience and Castillo doesn't bring any of that. So I do like the fit long-term, but I think a lot of fans right now are thinking about the short-term, and I don't know if he's the answer as he doesn't have playoff experience. But I do think this team, their GM has their most trades made like by a record amount in the past five years or something. It's some crazy stat, but like he's going to make more moves. He loves to wheel and deal. They also traded for Carlos Santana, who's been a pleasant surprise with them. So, Yeah, they've been active. They're probably going to be even more active and certainly one of my favorite teams to watch this trade deadline season. And the rest of this division, I mean, I don't know if disappointment's the right word or expected, but I think we both are on the same boat about the Texas Rangers not being that good this year because your ace of your pitching staff is a guy named John Gray. (laughs) yeah I mean this team I don't know what they'll do I think we see Martin Perez get moved uh, in terms of other arms maybe like a Matt Bush is on the move for a bullpen guy but they don't really have they don't really have a lot of arms that are appealing 
I think a bat that you could see get moved is a Nathaniel Lowe. I actually yep. did see his name get mentioned in rumors. Uh, I think they could get a decent haul for him, but they have to be sellers. I mean, I know they went out and they spent a lot of money, but they need to do anything to try and get some start pitching for next year. Yeah, I think they're they're a team who I also see in play for a Zach Plesac, um or a Savale, somebody under team control because they could sell, right? They could say, okay, you're contending or Cleveland's in it. They make a good trade partner for you. We give you Perez. We give you a couple of our younger guys like a low who I think would be a good fit for Cleveland. And they, and then a guy like Plesac goes back and it works out for the Rangers, but I don't really know how to predict that team because they went outside Simeon and Seager to half a billion dollars when they're five years away from contending. So who really knows what they're going to do? Yeah, I think they want to compete, but I don't yeah. really know if they have the pieces to try and get a guy who will help them compete. Yeah, I mean, they were hoping to compete, as was the next team on the list, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, every year it's the same story. I mean, it's just such a joke by now. Every single year, this team is bad with the best player on the planet on their team. And maybe now two of the top five players in the league on their team with the ascension of Shohei Otani. And yet they're still terrible at baseball. Yeah, it's such an embarrassment, honestly. Like, it's it sucks to say, but, like, it feels like a wasted prime for Mike Trout. I mean... They can't get this guy to the postseason. No. It's ridiculous. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Otani to get moved. That would, I mean, break the baseball world. I don't know if Twitter would be able to keep up. But, yeah, I wouldn't either. They have to do something. And I think now's a good time to capitalize on Otani. Not that he's not durable. He's shown that the last two seasons he's been dependable. But his value is never going to be higher. So if you're looking to move on from him before he hits free agency in a couple of years and probably gets himself a mega contract, why not do it now? You've developed no prospects in the last decade besides uh, Brandon Marsh. And I mean, at this point, what are you going to do? Trout's probably not going anywhere at any point. He signed that mega extension. He seems to be happy with not making the playoffs for some reason. Um, so what do you do? You, you trade Otani and, hope to get three studs back that will eventually play with Trout when he's age 40? Yeah, I mean, I think you could get six, seven guys, prospects and MLB players for Otani, because when you look at it, he's really a starting ace and a top three hitter in your lineup, wherever he is. So, like, it would probably be the biggest haul ever. But other than Otani, what else do they have that they can trade? Do they move Syndergaard? Yeah, I I think uh, I mean he's he's on a one year I believe, so they're probably going to move him. But then again, how what is the price going to be for an expiring right hander who's kind of unreliable and you don't know if you're going to get a full season? Yeah, exactly. Maybe a mid tier prospect. Yeah, I mean not none of these bullpen arms are attractive names. Maybe Aaron Loop is a lefty specialist, but but you're also like, going to have to take on about what, $8 million for Loop next year? I think they gave him two years. Yeah, yeah, they gave him a big contract. Smart. That was their <laughs> big get. Aaron Loop and Raciel Iglesias. That should do the trick. Yeah, I mean, man. it's bad. Yeah, so they're just uh, about to sell, probably, the little they have left to sell. And another team who's no strangers to selling anything good is the Oakland Athletics, who 
have one last domino to fall and his name is Frankie Montas. And that actually is an interesting scenario because he's been brought up in trade talks since the beginning of the season. He's pitched well. He's, he hasn't been quite at his best, but he's definitely a solid pitcher, somebody that put him on a contending team. And I think he could be, have a really strong second half. Yeah, I think Montes could be the best name left on the pitching market with Castillo off of it. So it could be interesting to see where he goes. If they move him, I think they're definitely going to, but people thought they'd move him before the season and they didn't. So Montes is a very attractive name for other teams. And in terms of the other pitchers, I think you could see Lou Trevino get moved. I think maybe even Adrian Martinez, who's been all right. What about all-star Paul Blackburn? Would he, could he get moved? Yeah, he does have another year of team control, but I certainly could see him being moved because they seem to want to capitalize while they can. Yeah, that's kind of how they operate. And I know on the offensive side of things, Sean Murphy's name has been in all sorts of trade rumors. You could see Tony Kemp get traded to be a depth piece on a team. But I don't know. They don't really have a lot of guys who would bring back big name or big prospects besides Frankie Montes. So Montes likely to get dealt and that concludes the American league portion of the show. Let's jump to the national league. Now Barrett here, as we go through team by team on which teams could be buyers and sellers and who could be moved starting off with the national league East, the first place Atlanta Braves or sorry, the first place Mets, I believe still uh, the Mets a team who, Likely to buy, and they've been rumored on J.D. Martinez. They've been rumored on Christian Vasquez, amongst others, and they've even thrown their name in the Juan Soto hat. Yeah, I actually think Juan Soto makes a lot of sense on this team. I think they have good prospects that they can trade to get Juan Soto. Um, They're going to buy. The owner, Stephen Cohen, he's all in. Jacob DeGrom's expected to start uh, in the next week. So – they don't, I don't see them trading for a stud pitcher because they have Max Scherzer, they have Carrasco, Bassett, Walker, and you add Jake DeGrom. I mean, this team's really good, and they're going to go for it. They're going to go make a splash. I think J.D. Martinez is their secondary option. I think Juan Soto's their, their main target, and I think they have the pieces to get him. I, uh, I could certainly see Soto becoming a Met. That'd be a scary thought. But if they don't, I, I agree. Jenny Martinez, the guy on their radar, he seems to fit what they want to do. He would be a nice addition to that lineup. And they're certainly a, a team to beat right now in the National League East, and the team trying to beat them is the Atlanta Braves in second place, who just lost Adam Duvall for the season, I believe, even after his struggles. Now, people are throwing the name out there, Joey Gallo, as a flyer for the Atlanta Braves, but he's not really an upgrade, and they certainly need to make a couple moves. Yeah, I don't think that would make much sense. I mean, when you lose a guy who's – I mean, Adam Duvall won a gold glove last year. I know Joey Gallo has been known for his defense, but he's actually really struggled this year in the outfield. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who they'll go get. I could see a possible reunion of Jock Peterson. I think he's a name that they could go after at the deadline, and obviously that worked out really well last year when they went and got him. So I think that's a, an outfield name that could definitely get moved. Yeah, that's how I see them as well. I see them adding, similar to their deadline last year, a couple not major names, but you get your role players, you get a couple platoon guys and get a right the right reliever to add to the mix and they're going to be in business. Not really a lot needed. Now that they're healthy, I think they could 
or almost healthy. I mean, Duvall's gone, Albies is out, but Acuna's back playing every day. They have almost their full rotation. So they're another team that is uh, tough to beat in that division. Yeah, I think they're probably one bat away, and you could see them becoming back-to-back champions again. Oh, that's a scary thought, and especially considering that my favorite team plays in the same division as the Atlanta Braves, and they're sitting in third place, the Philadelphia Phillies. They're going to have an interesting deadline uh, and one that might surprise some fans, but won't surprise me. I don't think they're going to buy a ton. They're going to go out. They're going to make your average moves. They've already brought in Edmundo Sosa, and I think they're going to go ahead and get a back-of-the-rotation guy like a Martin Perez or a Jose Quintana, uh, maybe one more piece for their bullpen. But the Phillies don't have a lot of prospects they can sell. They're in a similar situation as the Red Sox in which they're trying to build up their farm system after a general manager didn't do so. You had Matt Klentak in Philly just unable to make the right pick. You had your Adam Hazley was a bust. Mickey Moniak stunk. Cornelius Randolph DFA'd all first-round picks. So they're trying to rebuild this farm and contend at the same time. So we'll see what the Phillies do, but I don't expect a major splash from them. Yeah, I don't think they'll do anything crazy either. I do think that back of the rotation guy is probably going to be the biggest move. I think Quintana makes a lot of sense because I don't think his asking price is going to be extremely high. I think this lineup's actually pretty good. When they get Bryce Harper back, they'll be even better, obviously. Um, so I think a couple small moves, and we'll see. I mean, if the Phillies make the postseason, they have guys who can get real hot real fast. So yeah, anything Schorber, could happen with this team. Schorber's been heating yes. up. Bohm is batting over 300. So they're starting to hit the ball better. The pitching's been there. Nola was good again today. And, yeah, I don't – I mean, at this point, their bullpen's improved. It's been surprising. But they've had one of the best bullpens in baseball over the last month, and that's with Jerice Familia serving up meatballs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a bullpen guy is somebody that you guys can go get, but I don't think it would be a, a big household name um, overall. I think the Phillies – I like where they're at, honestly. I know you're a huge Phillies fan, and – I actually think that the Phillies are a fun team, and it'd be cool to see them in the postseason. So we'll yeah. see what they do. Haven't seen them in the postseason in ten years, and one of the longest droughts in baseball, if not the longest. And they, uh, they're going to be, I guess, conservative. I think the word is in which they're going to certainly try to preserve next year. But they already have all these guys under contract. I think Didi Gregorius is off the roster by maybe Monday night. Uh, he's batting two fourteen, hasn't hit a home run all year. Uh, so he's just completely just useless out there on the baseball field. Yeah, he could be somebody that probably gets DFA'd. I don't know if anyone would want him in a deal. Yeah, that's, but, the, that's the most likely. So, but, I mean, we'll see. I think they could get – I mean, they got Sosa. I, I was thinking a middle infielder, so I guess that's the guy yeah. that uh, you guys are hoping for. Yep, he's batting uh, $1.97 this year. So we'll see if uh, Mundo can get hot down the stretch. And maybe the Phillies could make a deal with the next team, the Miami Marlins, who have hung around again, partially thanks to Sandy Alcantara. Because every time that guy pitches, he puts him in a spot to win. Pablo Lopez has been solid. Uh, unfortunately, they've had a couple of stumbles. Trevor Rogers not very good this year. So we'll see what they do at the deadline. But I expect the Marlins to maybe sell a couple of bullpen pieces. But there's not really as much – short term for them to sell they're in a pretty good spot for the future yeah i think one name that we could see on the move is garrett cooper uh 
all-star Garrett Cooper that is. Uh, I think he's probably their best offensive player that we could see on the move. Uh, and a couple bullpen guys, of course, maybe a Tanner Scott type. But I think they just – they're steady on what they're trying to do. I think they want to just bring in guys with control who can contribute for multiple years. We just saw J.J. Blade get called up. So they're hoping he can be a mainstay guy in their lineup. Uh, but I definitely think this team's a selling team, and I don't think they'll get anything crazy in return for Garrett Cooper, but maybe a mid-tier prospect. Who knows? Yeah, it seems to be the course. Not really a ton to break down with the Marlins. Not really an exciting team to think about. But the last team in the National League East is certainly the one that's going to get the most attention. The team to watch, the Washington Nationals, not only are they expected to deal Josh Bell at the deadline, but of course the biggest story, Juan Soto, probably gone probably going to make the trade and send Juan Soto and what could be the uh, biggest deal in history in terms of the prospects going back. And it seems like the Dodgers could be the front runners to land Soto. Yeah. The Dodgers, we talked about the Mets and another team we haven't talked about yet. I think the Padres, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be in the NL and I think it's going to be with one of those three teams. And obviously they're all playoff teams uh, and it's going to be an absolute haul. And obviously Juan Soto's a great player, uh, but they also are going to get pieces back for guys like Josh Bell. I think they move on from Nelson Cruz. I think that would make a lot of sense. So I think we could see a lot of prospects going to this team. So the Nationals, that's the last team in the National League East. So let's move over now, Barrett, to the National League Central, where one of the teams at the top of the division, the Milwaukee Brewers, have are certainly in a precarious position because they're definitely good enough to compete, probably going to be buyers, but they never seem to buy a ton at the deadline or never seem to buy enough. They never buy that guy that's going to put them over the edge or over the hump, as I, as we, I should say. I mean, I think this team actually needs a starter. We see that they have injuries to Peralta and Brandon Woodruff hasn't been the same Eric Law has been decent. Aaron Ashby's been decent. I think them adding another solid pitching arm to this team, whether it's a middle reliever in the bullpen who can eat innings, but I think they need somebody who can give them good quality innings moving forward. That's certainly a need. They're another team to watch in the pitcher or the arms race. Uh, I think Martin Perez, again, another guy who fits them really well because he's not the guy because they never go and get the guy, but He's a guy who could make a difference uh, for the Brewers. So that's certainly something to watch. There wasn't, uh, there was a report, I should say, floated out there that they could be listening to offers on Josh Hader, their all-star closer year to year. He was dominant, didn't allow a run the first couple months, but in the month of July or in his last certain starts, he's got like a 12 ERA. He has forgotten how to throw the baseball over the plate. And maybe the Brewers listen to him, but I don't think it makes sense to do that considering his values decreased. Yeah, I mean, Josh Hader's a stud. So regardless, they're going to get a good package back. But he does have a 4-2-4 ERA right now, which is concerning. So he probably is at his lowest value. But he could definitely net you an impact piece. But are you going to trade one of your impact pieces for another one? That's like they just be going sideways there. I think they need either a really good starter to put in this rotation or their whole lineup just feels like 250 guys who are just kind of decent players. 
Um, if they go get like a 300 hitter who's always on base, like I, I just don't know who that guy would be. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's just not a ton of options. I think they probably hold on to Hader uh, and then make one of those small moves. And if they do move Hader, I think the offseason is not a bad time to do that. And you can probably still capitalize on his value, especially if you do make the postseason and he pitches well down the stretch for them. Yeah, I agree. And I'm just, I'm just trying to think of a bat that would make sense for this team. They, need, mean, they need a couple, really, because, I mean, Keston here never really figured it out. I mean, they got – uh, they, they have Rowdy Telez, right? Is that the Brewers still? Yeah, he has 65 RBIs leading their team. So he's been pretty good this season. 20 homers. Willie Adonis has 20 homers, but he's hitting 219. Telez mm-hmm. is hitting 230. Uh, Luis Urias uh, is 12 homers, but he's hitting 237. So they got a lot of guys who are hitting homers, but they don't have guys who are on base. Yeah, they need a contact guy. Ben Intendi would have probably been a good fit for that team. but. It's too yeah. late now. They probably wouldn't have paid the I price mean, for him anyway. A guy who would made, would have made sense was Garrett Cooper, but he kind of got a log jam at first base with Reddy Telez and your outfield spots, which is Cooper's secondary position. You got Yelich, Renfro, Tyron Taylor, and McCutcheon. So. Oh, McCutcheon was bad in cleanup for most of the year for those guys too. It's certainly a tough place to be. Yeah, I think he's still – in the top five of their lineup, top six of their lineup. So that is not good. That tells you the team needs more than one bat. So let's see, we'll see what the Brewers do. I, I don't know that it makes them contenders amongst other teams in the NL, but it certainly will probably help them stay at first. Although the team behind them, the St. Louis Cardinals, are threatening and their name's been rumored to have a big deadline. They're in the mix on Juan Soto because the Cardinals year to year have a very good farm system. Yeah, and I mean I, how is this team not ahead of the Brewers? I don't know. On on paper, they just they have superstars, they have talent, they have a good farm system. I mean, I do think they're going to be active. I do think they're going to make moves. Uh, we've seen Paul Goldschmidt have an MVP season. Nolan Arenado has been great. They've gotten Tommy Edmonds taking a huge step. Brandon Donovan's been good. Nolan Gorman's been good. So I think we could see them maybe go get one more. Uh, bat to help this lineup be a little bit deeper but I think their deadline is going to be mainly on the starting pitching side of things as it's really just Miles Mikolas and Adam Wade Ray and a little Dakota Hudson mixed in but they de- <laughs> Steven Matz has not worked out no Steven Matz been, has been maybe the worst the, signing of the offseason yeah it, it could very well be the worst signing so I think they need to go get a starter and I think Frankie Montos would fit this team so well I think they have the prospects to do it. I think they have the expendable prospects to do it too, where if they move a couple of their guys in the top 10 of their organization, they're not going to sweat it because they have enough depth. I think Jordan Walker is expendable. You have Nolan Gorman already ahead and you have obviously Nolan Arenado. So that's a log jam at third base long-term. So I think Walker's going to get moved for sure. I just don't know exactly in what deal it could be Montes or if they are in the mix on Soto would be that deal as well. So Cardinals certainly going to be buyers at the deadline, try to improve that pretty bad bullpen. Um, maybe that gets some back end of the rotation guys or an ace like Frankie Montes. Um, or maybe they make a move with the next team who's in division, the Chicago Cubs, who are certainly going to be selling this year at the deadline, but there's not a ton to sell. I'd say the number one guy would be David Robertson, the closer who's having a revitalizing season. 
Yeah, David Robertson's been really good this year. Uh, Wilson Contreras is a big name that's been in rumors. I feel like he's been in rumors for years. Uh, I think this is probably the deadline where we see him get moved. Uh, they can get probably a pretty good return for him and Robertson. And then another interesting name is Ian Happ. He was an all-star this season. Uh, he's been pretty good out in left field. I think he's another guy who could get a decent return back. I do like Hap too. I think he's versatile, which is what teams value. Could probably stick him at second base, worst case. Definitely a solid left fielder. Not bad in center. Can play a little bit of right. So Hap's certainly a name who might get moved as well. And obviously you mentioned Contreras. Uh, talked about every year, but nothing's happened. He could be a guy that a team like the Padres, who are looking for a catcher still. They've made a couple moves in the years past. They brought in Jorge Alfaro, didn't pan out. They've traded for Austin Hedges at the deadline, uh, Austin Nola, uh, and they just haven't really pieced it together at the catcher spot. So we could certainly, certainly see them make a move for Wilson Contreras. Yeah, I think Contreras would probably net back a, a pretty good prospect in Hapwood as well, and I think Robertson, uh, depending if you – like, I think Robertson makes a lot of sense to package together with a half or a Contreras, and then you would get some really solid guys in return because I think the overall value of two of, two of those guys together would be pretty significant. That certainly could be something that happens on the stretch for the Cubs. They still have a couple of guys locked up long-term, like Marcus Stroman now and Seiya Suzuki, so they're going to hope those guys take some strides forward to help them get back to where they want to be next season. But for now, they're going to be selling. They've already traded Chris Martin uh, away, so we'll see what else they choose to do the next couple of days. And maybe they'll follow in the footsteps of the Cincinnati Reds, who have already made headlines by trading Luis Castillo. But on the red side of it, they got quite the haul for the right-handed pitcher. Oh, yes, they did. And I think Reds fans should be happy. I mean, Novelli Marte is a stud. They don't really have um, great infield prospects. I know they have uh, Matt McLean, who's, I mean, he's pretty good. But to add a talent like Marte to that farm system, it's a huge boost. Marte will certainly step in at some point uh, the next two years, I'd say, to the major league level. But he's already a big upgrade to a farm system that has a couple big names in it. But they also could continue to sell and add another name to it by moving Tyler Malley, who was their number two starter. Reliable, maybe in a better situation. His numbers look a bit better. But is he really a guy who puts a team over the edge? I don't think an over-the-edge type guy, but I do think he's a fringe three, definitely number four starter who can really help a team make a playoff push. I think the Cardinals are a good fit for him. Uh, I know that's in division, but... I think that's one that makes sense. Uh, I think he could be a good Yankee, honestly, a guy like Malley. And then in the playoffs, he could be utilized as a middle reliever and come in and get a bunch of big outs. Uh, and I also think they have other guys they could move, such as Brandon Drury and Tommy Pham. So I do think this team has a lot of movable pieces. Where do you think Tommy Pham goes, and why will he be a San Francisco Giant with Jock Peterson? <laughs> Uh, I'm not really sure where Tommy Pham, where that landing spot is. I mean, obviously they had that fun little quarrel over the fantasy football league. And wouldn't it be something if they both got traded to the Braves? No, I mean, that's, that has Braves written all over it, a lefty and a righty, and they platoon with each other. It but really yeah, does. That's just, it really does. It makes too much sense. But 
And again, they might kill each other before even getting on the field. So that would be quite <laughs> yeah, that's true. So what, do you, what do you think a return? What's that? What do you think a return for Brandon Drury looks like? He is one of the most interesting anomalies that I've seen in the baseball world in a few years because he has always been a utility guy, like a worse version of Brock Holt, right? Never, yeah. never hit much uh, above what, like 230, 240. All of a sudden, hitting 270 has over or close to 20 bombs now. So I think at this year's deadline, because more teams than ever are buying, you could see a top 15 organizational prospect in return for jury. He might be just for one guy, similar to how Nelson Cruz brought back a Joe Ryan. I could see Brandon Jury being traded to a contender like the Yankees, who need a super utility guy, or even the Mets if they swing and miss on Martinez and we're looking for a bench bat that can play multiple positions and kind of give their veterans a day off. You could get somebody back for him. What do you think of the Rays as a fit for him? Now, that would be interesting because I can see him being good in Tampa. And he plays a bunch of positions. Uh, I need that. Which is what they want. I mean, he can play literally everywhere. And yeah. they've been dealing with injuries. I think they did it last year with Nelson Cruz, just a one-for-one. One. Uh, they went and got Cruz hitting third in their playoff lineup. And you could see Brandon Drury just slide right in and hit in a top four spot as well. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that he could be a Tampa Bay Ray. So we'll see if that's the move that the Rays make or where the Reds ship off Drury. So uh, another team in that division, it seems like this NL Central is just <laughs> bad year to year. You have two teams who just continue to hover around and prey on the bottom feeders. Like if you put the Brewers in the NL East or you put the Brewers in the NL West, they're bad. Yeah. So they're just fortunate enough that they play the Pittsburgh Pirates constantly uh, because the Pirates signed Jose Quintana after he was terrible last season with a six ERA or so across about 80 innings. They signed him to a one-year deal. They're like, oh, what's the best that can happen or what's the worst that can happen? And they somehow get the best-case scenario out of Jose Quintana, and he's been great for them all season long, and now they're looking at trading him and maybe getting a couple prospects back. Yeah, I mean, this is another team that feels like they don't have a lot to sell, but Quintana, he's definitely a guy. Uh, he has Phillies written all over him. Uh, David Bedner's another guy who I think they could sell high on as he has team control and he's been really good all season. So those are probably their two most uh, highly sought-after players, um, and I think they both fit on almost any contending team. And I like Bedner a lot because he's versatile. He can pitch a couple innings. They've, they've used him in two-inning roles before, having come in and get five outs. So I think a lot of teams are going to be calling for him, especially with Daniel Bard off the trade market. Uh, we'll get to them in just a moment. But certainly the Pirates going to be sellers, as always. No surprise there. Uh, anyone else in the Pirates that could be getting moved? Could we see Brian Reynolds getting moved at all? I do think Brian Reynolds is probably the only name on the offensive side that draws interest. Uh, he's definitely having a down year compared to last season. But I think they could get a decent haul for him, two prospects and maybe uh, decent MLB talent in return. So I think Reynolds could be a guy that you see move to like a fringe playoff team who really needs – uh, a guy like that to help improve their odds of making the postseason. Yeah, so the Pirates, somebody to keep our eyes on. And let's move over now to the final division here on the trade deadline preview show on the Long Relief Podcast, the NL West. 
they year to year are continually buying. It seems like the Dodgers are always looking to add. The Padres are always looking to add. But let's just start with the guys in first, the Dodgers. If they get Juan Soto, I might just not watch baseball the rest of the year. I mean, it, it won't feel fair. I mean, they have just studs all over their lineup, all over their pitching staff, in their bullpen, and they're going to add a guy who can win an MVP any year of his career. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, they lost Seager in the offseason, but were able to re-sign Trey Turner, so that kind of made up for it. Then they go and they are in the running because they continue to develop top prospects every year for Juan Soto. I don't know if it's the move that will happen. We have to talk about it because he's probably going to get traded, and they obviously have the capital to make it happen. But besides Soto, if they don't get him, or even if they do, are there any other moves that this team needs to make? Without Soto, I think this is a fit for uh, J.D. Martinez. I think he could definitely be added here. Uh, and I think their biggest need is the bullpen. So I think they're a team that's definitely in on a David Robertson-type player, uh, a Bedner. I could see even maybe a splurge for Jorge Lopez, like an overpay, and like the Orioles have to accept that kind of deal. Um, because, honestly, Craig Kimbrell hasn't been great this year. Uh, Brewster Gratterall has been all right, but they need more bullpen arms. When will teams realize Craig Kimbrell's not good and stop trying to make him a closer? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he might be an okay setup guy if they were to go get a stud closer. Right. But, like, they lost Daniel Hudson for the season, who they were banking on being big. Blake Trinan's been out. I mean, they, they just need to go get some guys. Yeah, so I'm sure they'll be active like the Dodgers always are. And, you know, they have to be because right on their heels or on their heels uh, 12 games back, I guess you could say, even though the Padres are 57 and 46, they are going to continue to buy and they're going to be aggressive at the deadline because that's what A.J. Preller does. Yeah, and I think this is probably another realistic landing spot for Juan Soto because they have a stacked farm. They can get, they have MLB guys that they can give back. And it makes sense because they're competing. Yeah. They, I mean, they're every year to year, they are just going to continue to be able to make these moves. Like they got Darvish, they got Snell. They're able to do that because of how good they are at scouting, developing young players. Their international free agents have come up big too for them. So I'm sure that this is a team that's going to be aggressive because they just simply can't. So we'll see what they do, but there's going to be a couple other moves. Whether it's Soto or not, they need another pitcher, I think, in that rotation. I mean, Blake Snell's been horrible all year long. Yeah, I mean, you got Darvish, Musgrove, and Manaya, who have been pretty good, all of them. Snell hasn't been great. Clevenger has been meh. Mackenzie Gore has been meh. Nick Martinez. So I think that would be a good landing spot for another starter. Like, maybe a Molly makes sense for this team. Um I think everybody always could use more bullpen guys. Obviously, the Taylor Rogers deal worked out really well for them. Yeah, that was big um, But I think they could go get another bullpen guy. And I do think they could get another bat. But let's not forget that Fernando Tatis is going to come back at some point. That is probably the biggest upgrade that this team can get in need because they've managed to hang around even without their best player. So that's been a great job by the Padres all year long just to be able to float 10 games, 11 games above. 500 and be in this conversation to buy and 
that's thanks in part to the struggles of the San Francisco Giants, who just haven't been able to replicate the success that they had last year. And I think a lot of people predicted them to fall off, come back down to earth, and they've done just that at now one game under 500. Yeah, and this team, I think they're in a similar spot to the Red Sox, uh, not in terms of like contract extensions and stuff, but just what they would do at the deadline. Like Jock Peterson's probably their best hitter. I think he could be on the move. I think you could see literally any guy in their lineup get traded. Like, I don't think any of them are, like, untouchable. Uh, overall, with the pitching staff, I think most of those guys can get moved. Logan Webb, he's probably untouchable unless there's a big package for maybe a Soto type or if they come out of nowhere with it. But I actually think this team sells. And who knows, maybe you see, like, an Alex Wood or Alex Cobb on the move. Yeah, I mean, even Carlos Rodon's name has come up in the rumors the last couple of days. He has a player option at the end of the year, I believe. So he's somebody they could listen to. And what do you think that package would look like if a team goes out and gets a Rodon? I mean, Rodon obviously doesn't have team control, but he would bring back a haul. I mean, he would be right there with Montes and Evaldi. He's better than those guys, but he obviously has that, that player option. So, I mean, probably a top 10 prospect in somebody's organization. I would say it's probably the return for a Rodon, uh, depending on where he goes. Yeah, that, that seems like a fair deal where they get back somebody to add to their farm system to take a left-hander who could just opt out after the year anyway. So we'll see what the Giants do. Uh, next two teams, uh, just equally as bad this season. The Rockies, they went out and got Chris Bryant this offseason, but they just don't have enough. And there are rumors that they could sell Herman Marquez. Although they did lock up Daniel Bard yesterday, they might sell a couple of guys. CJ Crone was recently named unlikely to be traded, but they're at least listening on the big first baseman. Yeah, Crone's been awesome this year with 22 homers, 71 RBIs. Uh, we thought Bard was the name who'd get moved and he just signed the extension. So I don't really know besides Marquez, uh, maybe a Jose Iglesias who's hitting 306 this season. He could be on the move, but he's not going to bring back anything crazy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Rockies do because I don't really think they have a lot of moves they can make. Yeah, they're they're not exactly an exciting team to be a fan of or watch this trade deadline season. Either really is the next team. And the final team today on the Long Relief Podcast, the Arizona Diamondbacks. They have Mark Melanson. Uh, they already traded David Peralta to the Rays and they don't really have much else. Yeah, I don't – I mean, could Christian Walker be on the move? He's only hitting 200. He has yeah. 23 homers. Is he a guy that they could get value back for? I guess that's that's really it. I mean, I'm sure somebody – we saw – I mean, he reminds me a little bit, Barrett, of Justin Bohr, the big old first baseman yeah. of the Marlins, because teams would want him. I think the Phillies traded for him one year, was with the Angels one year, but they'll take a a guy who can only hit – you know, left-handed pitching or right-handed pitching, if he'll hit tanks, if he can come off the bench and give you a couple pinch hit home runs, because in the postseason, it's not as valuable now with the DH in, in order, but it still is valuable to be able to play matchups. Yeah, it would be very valuable. So he could be a guy in terms of pitchers. You said Melanson. I actually did see some Madison Bumgarner rumors at the beginning of the season when he was pitching really well. That guy's uh, obviously, obviously, he's came back down to earth, but maybe you see a mad bum trade because teams are desperate for starting pitching. And I think they would part ways with them. Yeah. 
I could see him being moved as long as the deal's right. Um, obviously, he's made plenty of enemies, I think, in the Major League Baseball <laughs> world because he's uh, seems to always be young at somebody, angry at something. So I think you have to be careful, and maybe that does affect his value just a bit. So uh, Bumgarner could get gone from the Arizona Diamondbacks as they look to, or I guess just kind of bide time until their prospects are ready for the major league level. But that just about wraps things up on season two, episode one of the long relief podcast. Barrett, any final thoughts as the trade deadline approaches? Trade deadline. It's one of the best times of the entire MLB season. So just be ready for Tuesday. I think it's going to be crazy because there's a lot of teams who can compete and there's a lot of teams who think they can win it. Next 40 hours are certainly going to be interesting. If you're looking to keep up with all the trade deadline updates, be sure to follow us at the Long Relief Podcast and at 44 Sports News. We're going to keep you updated. Thank you for listening for tonight's Long Relief Podcast. For Barrett Odgson, I'm Austin Akuda saying thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe.